Today on the Matt Walsh Show, statues of historical figures are, of course, going down across the country, while murals and memorials to George Floyd are going up. But if we're having difficult conversations about the sins of, of dead people that we choose to honor, uh, isn't it time to have a conversation like that about George Floyd? What, what about the scrutiny for him as we, as we put up all of these monuments and memorials to him? We'll talk about that. Also, five headlines. And uh, in our daily cancellation, I will be I'm very excited to do this. I will be finally canceling Canada. The entire country of Canada is canceled for good reason. I'll tell you why. Um, and all of that is coming up on the show today. But first, you know, two events from yesterday that I want to focus on. First, in Buffalo, yet another statue of Columbus has come down. It was removed. It was removed by the city this time, not the mob, but it was removed by the city at the behest of the mob, which isn't much better than the mob just doing it themselves. Um, this, of course, is one of dozens of statues of Columbus to come down in recent weeks, along with the statues of, uh, of the founders, of, of statues of abolitionists, statues of civil war figures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We all know, we know what's been happening. Uh, by the way, Nancy Pelosi, speaking of that, quick side note, Nancy Pelosi, the woman of, of such great courage, was asked about all of these statues coming down, being torn down. And was specifically asked about whether she thinks they should be torn down by the mob and then thrown into the water, as has become the tradition for the mob. And here's what she said in response to that. I'm not one of those people who's wedded to, oh, a statue to somebody someplace is an important thing. Uh, I don't, again, if the community doesn't want the statue there, the statue shouldn't be there. Uh, I, that doesn't diminish my pride in my Italian-American heritage and the fact that uh, it was a country discovered by an Italian name for an Italian, Amerigo Vespucci. Uh, so I have that pride, uh, but I don't care that much about statues. Shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing and it into the harbor? People will do what they do. People will do what they do. Well, okay then. I, I, if people will do what they do, then I guess that's, that's all that can be said. Uh, never mind. I guess it's fine. People are going to do what they do. It's better for people to do what they do than do what they don't do. That would be confusing, I guess. Meanwhile, in Rochester, uh, Rochester, Minnesota, I believe, a mural of George Floyd was unveiled. Uh, there's an image from the Post Bulletin of the, of the mural being unveiled in a ceremony. Uh, this is one of many uh, mu murals of Floyd around the country. Uh, while, th while the statues are coming down, the murals honoring Floyd are going up. Sometimes um, one directly replacing the other. Like Floyd's face was actually projected onto a monument in Richmond a few weeks ago. You could see the image there. And there have been many other murals honoring the great man. Uh, here are just a few compiled by CNBC. This is worldwide, too. Most of the murals are in the United States, but some are in other countries around the globe. And it's not just murals. Uh, they've, they've got laws named after him. They've got streets named after him unofficially right now, but eventually, I'm sure, will be officially. There's even a bust of George Floyd that you can 3D print for your own home. If you're looking for some home decor, you can get a bust of George Floyd. Um, and they're looking at potentially naming business or uh, naming buildings after him as well, like this building at Auburn University, for example. Now, it should be noted, of course, that all of this is being done, just like the golden casket, the multiple funerals, the memorial services, everything. It's being done explicitly to honor and celebrate the man, George Floyd. Democrats kneeled in silence for eight minutes to honor him. They gave a folded American flag 
to his family members. I don't know if you heard about that one. Uh, like that's what they do for fallen soldiers. And they, they gave a folded American flag. People even go to the site of, you can see the footage here of George Floyd's death to be baptized and, and to mourn his loss. So given all of this, uh, given the dichotomy here, where we have the tearing down of the statues of historical figures and icons because of the bad stuff they did, while putting up memorials to George Floyd, I think it becomes relevant to discuss the bad things that he did. Is this, in fact, a man worthy of honor? Because we're not just talking about his death. We're not talking about uh, whether his death was, was justified. That's in the courts now. The police have, that involved have long since been arrested. So this is way beyond that. We are meant to celebrate and honor the man himself. And since we have uh, you know, declared that, that the, the, the sins of the, of, the, of the dead people we honor are relevant, then it's also relevant for him. And we're going to talk more about that in just a second. But first, a word from a new sponsor I'm very excited about, CarShield. You know, it can be pretty terrifying if, you've, if you have car trouble. So, you know, you, there's a problem with your car and you bring it into the mechanic and you're just waiting with bated breath to find out how expensive it's going to be. And oftentimes it's even worse than you imagine. Um, computer systems and cars are the new normal from electronically controlled transmissions to touchscreen displays to dozens of sensors. But you can't fix any of these new features yourself. That's part of the problem. They're great to have. Can't fix them. So when something breaks could cost a fortune, and now is not the time for expensive repairs. I think we all feel that way. That's why I have CarShield. CarShield, I can't recommend it enough, has offered affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. I mean, this thing's a lifesaver. The people at CarShield understand payment flexibility is an absolute must. So monthly plans can be customized to, you, customized to your needs with rates as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts, no commitments. Car, uh, CarShield gives you options others won't. You get to choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work. CarShield takes care of the rest. So they're, they're taking a lot of that off your plate. Um, and you don't have to worry about the expense. You don't have to worry about anything. It's just, it's for me, you know, having CarShield has really been a matter of uh, peace of mind that I know that you know, when I've got a problem with one of the cars uh, that we're going to have, we're going to have that taken care of. And, you know, then you just go about living your life. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands for a covered repair. Call 800-CAR-6000 and mention Code Walsh or visit carshield.com and use Code Walsh to save 10%. That's carshield.com, Code Walsh. A deductible may apply. All right. Um, so as, as we're talking about the sins of, uh, of, of people long dead, um, uh, or maybe not so long dead, uh, what about George Floyd? Well, here's the image that a lot of you have probably seen. This is Floyd's rap sheet. And you can see there theft, theft, possession, trespassing, lots of crimes there. But it's the one at the top, the aggravated robbery with a deadly weapon that really jumps out. And uh, you've heard something about this. Probably, but maybe you don't know all the details. So let me let me read the details to you. And, and this I'm reading from Snopes, by the way, which is a left-wing outlet, in an article that is meant largely to debunk the anti-George Floyd sentiments, such as they are. So that's where I'm getting this from. Okay, this is not a it's not a not a not a biased not a right-wing bias source. It says, according to police officers' probable cause statement, which is often the basis of prosecutors' case cases against suspects, the incident 
which is the, the robbery, on August 9th, 2007, unfolded like this. Two adults, uh, Erasley Henriquez and Angel Negrate, and a toddler were in a home when they heard a knock at the front door. When Henriquez looked at the window, she saw a man dressed in a blue uniform who said he was there to, with the water department. But when she opened the door, she realized that the man was telling a lie, and she tried shutting him out. Then the statement reads, however, this male held the door open and prevented her from doing so. At this time, a black Ford Explorer pulled up in front of the complainant's uh, residence, and five other black males exited this vehicle and proceeded to the front door. The largest of these suspects forced his way into the residence, placed a pistol against the complainant's abdomen, and forced her into a living room area of the residence. This large suspect then proceeded to search the residence while another armed suspect guarded the complainant who was struck in the head in side areas by this second armed suspect with his pistol after she screamed for help. As the suspects looked through the residence, they demanded to know where the drugs and money were and complainant Henriquez advised them that there were no such things in the residence. The suspects then took some jewelry along with the complainant's cell phone before they fled the scene in the Black Ford Explorer. About three months later, investigators in the Houston Police Department Narcotics Unit came across this vehicle during one of their uh, respective investigations and, uh, and identified the following subjects as occupants of the vehicle, George Floyd. At six foot seven, Floyd was, ident- Floyd was identified as the largest of the six suspects who arrived at the home. And uh, that's how they know that, he, that he's the one who he uh, put the pistol against Henriquez's stomach. He pled guilty in 2009, was sentenced to five years in prison, was paroled in 2013. Okay. So this is a man who forced his way into a woman's house, put a gun to her stomach in front of her child, um, and robbed her. And it, it seems like, you know, I don't know all the specifics of the plea bargain, but he got a hell of a deal on this thing. Uh, you know, he, he, should, he, should still, he should still be alive because he should still be in prison. This is a home invasion robbery. There should be a kidnapping charge attached to this. You hold a gun to someone's stomach, hold them captive, that's kidnapping. So uh, he got, he served five years in prison for that. All right. The woman was pistol whipped in the process. This is not just a minor misdemeanor. This is not a little scrape with the law. This is an act of barbaric evil. This is, it's not some small thing that you could say, oh yeah, you know, you had a record, but it's, you go into a woman's house when their child is there, put a gun to their stomach. Can you imagine how traumatized this woman still is? How traumatized would you be if that happened to you? I mean, this is, this is her feelings of safety and security are taken away for the rest of her life. You know, you don't get over something like that. Had Floyd reformed himself at the time of, of his death, that's what we're told. Well, he was high on meth and fentanyl trying to pass off counterfeit money. That's, how, that's what precipitated the arrest and eventually his death. So there's not much evidence for reformation, I'm afraid. But whether he was or wasn't, the fact is that he committed these evil, horribly, horrifically evil acts. Is that not a relevant consideration? Again, this isn't about assessing the death itself. This is about the things that are being done to honor and celebrate the man. There is just no evidence that there was anything honorable about him. And unlike some of our historical figures, like Jefferson, who did evil things, yes, but also achieved great things, Floyd, it doesn't appear, ever achieved anything great or noteworthy whatsoever. Um, He doesn't seem to have done much 
constructive with his life. And if he did, uh, I think the damage that he caused was far greater than, than, than whatever good he did. And you could just ask the woman that he robbed, which by the way, how many media members have done that? How many of these courageous truth seekers in the media who are so concerned about, uh, about amplifying the voices of the marginalized, marginalized, how many of them have gone to this woman, Miss Enriquez, and asked her how she feels about murals and memorials to the, to, the, to the man who put a gun to her stomach and robbed her in front of her kids? You want to talk about, about things that are triggering, about things that bring trauma to mind? I mean, what about that? How does she feel? I don't know where she lives now, but if she lives in a city where there's one of these murals, how do you think she feels walking by it? A mural, a memorial honoring the man who put a gun to your stomach in your house and robbed you. Is, is her perspective not important? Shouldn't we, shouldn't we listen to what she has to say? What we seem to be saying now is that men should be honored not based on what they achieved in life, but based on how they died. And more specifically, based on how useful their death is to the left-wing narrative, that's what this is really about. You throw everything else to the side. But that's just not, uh, that doesn't make any sense. That's, that's perverse and that's backwards. And, and here's the thing, as I've said all along, I am perfectly open to having conversations the quote-unquote difficult conversations about historical figures, people who have died, uh, you know, the, the bad things they did. Let, let's have a more nuanced perspective on them, okay? Let's not make, uh, let, let's not deify people, mere mortals of the past. Let, let's, let, let's confront the bad things they did. Let, let's try to get uh, a, a fuller, more complete picture of them. I'm all about that. Unfortunately, of course, right now, that's not what any of this is about. This is not an environment where we can have that kind of conversation. The people that are tearing down monuments and statues, they are interested in that. They're not tear- you don't tear down a statue, set it on fire, and throw it in the bay because you want to have a nuanced conversation about the, about the historical figure whose statue you just torn down. That's, that's, not, that's not what's happening here. But in a, in, a, you know, in a fantasy scenario, I would be all about having those kinds of conversations. But if we're going to have that conversation, nobody is exempt. George Floyd is not exempt. And especially if you're among the people who are in favor of tearing down the statues because of the, of the, the evil that was either actually done or allegedly done by these, by these figures, and yet you also support or have yourself put up murals and memorials to George Floyd, then you should have to justify that. You should have to confront these evil things that he did and explain how he is still worthy of being honored and celebrated. Which, for the, for the fifth time, that's what this is. So don't tell me that, yeah, he did these bad things, that doesn't mean he deserved to die. That's not the point. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that f- from, from looking at his biography and the things that he, that he did, I don't see any reason to honor or celebrate the man. I, just, just a, let's just take a, a hypothetical here, just to uh, just to under, underscore my point. Imagine that there was a white guy killed by police, unarmed, and, and this is not this is not some far fetched scenario. White people are killed by police more often than black people are. Uh, unarmed white people too. So, 
take one of those cases of an unarmed white person being killed by police. Um, and then now, now here we, here's the part where we get to the far-fetched scenario. Let's, let's just say that there was actually outrage and protests over it. And people were putting up murals and memorials to this man. Now, that's never going to happen because we don't do that for white people who are killed by cops. Um, we just ignore them for the most part completely. But let's just say that was happening. And then let's say that it came out that this person was an avowed racist. We don't even have to imagine that he actually committed violent crimes like George Floyd did. Let's just say he was an avowed racist. Let's say that he was, uh, you know, comes out that he was active in, uh, on, on white supremacist websites. And he's a lot of social media postings talking about the supremacy of the white race and all that kind of stuff. Um, is there any doubt whatsoever that everyone on the left would be saying, take down the murals, take down the memorials. We're not going to honor and celebrate this guy. Yes. Perhaps his death was unjustified, but this is not someone we can, we can honor and celebrate, given what sort of man he was. Is there any doubt about that whatsoever? Any doubt? No. Is, is, uh, but is, is barging into a woman's home and robbing her at gunpoint, is that, is, that, is that not as bad as racist social media postings, let's say? Of course not. Or, of course, it is. It's, it's worse. Um, it's a violent crime against a victim who you have left traumatized for life and who now, again, has to live seeing your likeness and your face everywhere as people celebrate you as if you were some great man. Let's move on to headlines. Before we do, I want to tell you about very good friends, Rock Auto. Um, you know, I, I personally would be fine if I never had to go to an auto parts store again. It's just, a, it's a huge hassle. You can never find exactly what you're looking for. Uh, plus, you get peppered with all the questions. And, you know, if you're someone like me, not exactly a car expert, that can be very, you know, that could, that could get a little dicey because I don't want to reveal that I don't know exactly what I'm, what I'm doing. RockAuto.com is so much easier, though, because you just go online. You're not being harassed by anybody. You can find everything you're looking for. Um, rockauto.com has always offered the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com, you know, it's a family business. Even though it's an online business, it's a family business. It's been doing this for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Um, best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. Uh, you know, that's best of all. Second best of all, I think, is that the great selection as well. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck. Choose the brands, choose the specifications, choose the prices you prefer. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. If you need anything for your car or truck, um, you've got it at your fingertips all the time. It's in your pocket. Just pull out your phone. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Walsh in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you? Okay, we begin... Um, here, a few weeks ago, a man named Robert Fuller was found hanging from a tree in Southern California. And this precipitated weeks of speculation by the media, fire stoking by Democrats and the left, protests. The left speculated or just openly outright stated that Fuller uh, was lynched. Uh, despite the fact that the police right away said that this is suicide. And they could tell because police respond, unfortunately, to a lot of suicides. Suicide is very common in this country, becoming more common. And uh, it's, it's usually easy to determine and to dif differentiate a suicide from a murder most of the time. You know, a, a suicide scene and a murder scene do not look the same most of the time, especially to police who do this kind of thing all the time. Uh, and yet we were still told, no, this is probably a lynching. 
Well, in response to the outrage, police did a more thorough investigation. I think they, they did the kind of investigation where they went further than they would for any other suicide. Um, but they did. And here were their findings from the Daily News. It says, the death of a black man found hanging from a tree in a Southern California city last month was ruled a suicide. Um, Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva uh, promised a thorough investigation at a news conference to announce the findings. It was revealed that Fuller had a history of mental illness and suicidal tendencies. Sheriff's Commander Chris Marks outlined three hospitalizations since 2017 where Fuller told doctors he was considering taking his life. The last was in November when he was being treated for depression at a hospital in Nevada and said that he had a plan to kill himself. Um, Marks also said that there was an investigation into an incident where Fuller allegedly tried to light himself on fire. Um, also, and this is important, I don't think it's covered in this article, but Fuller used an EBT card to buy the very rope that was used in the hanging. Okay, so it's conclusive. There was, there was no signs of a struggle to begin with. His hands were not bound. No signs that anything occurred against his will. It's open and shut. Case closed. Very sad story. Tragic. Not a story of a murder. There was never any reason to think so, and there were a lot of very clear reasons to think otherwise, especially now. But, but you notice how the family said that they can't imagine that Fuller would have killed himself. Meanwhile, he was hospitalized three times because he was thinking about killing himself. He tried to set himself on fire a few months ago, allegedly. Did the family not know about that? Uh, was, was, was Fuller really that depressed, that self-destructive, and the family didn't know? No, I, I don't know. And I, I, you know, I, I, I certainly don't blame them for what he did, but I wonder why, I wonder why they were speculating about murder if he was so obviously depressed and suicidal. And someone who's hospitalized three times in three years with suicidal thoughts, I mean, you know, th th that's someone who very, very clearly has suicidal tendencies and is, is struggling, uh, you know, with, with, with many internal struggles. In any case, put his family aside, the behavior from the media and the Democrats and the left was just grotesque and disgusting and soulless. They were all more than happy to take advantage of this tragic situation for their own ends. These are, you know, this is truly evil behavior. Again, there was never any reason to speculate that this was anything other than a suicide. The idea that someone could have been, could have been lynched by a literal lynch mob in public and nobody witnessed it and there's no video or anything and no evidence left behind is patently ludicrous. Now, I believe that some of the people in the outrage mob, some of, just, you know, some of them might be dumb enough to actually think that that's possible, but elected Democrats like Kamala Harris, for example, who was, who was talking about this and speculating, especially someone like her who's, who's, who you know, is, is familiar with, with law enforcement, she knows better. They, they all knew better. And yet they were stoking this fire anyway. If they had a soul, I would say they should feel shame, but they don't, so they won't. Number two, here's a video of what guts really looks like. Uh, not literal guts. I'm not, you know, this is not a video of someone who's been disemboweled. I mean, you have to clarify those sorts of things these days. Now, this is what courage looks like, I should say. Bravery. Uh, here you go. This is a public street, and I have the right to stand here and give my kind of
That's bold, okay? Walking into a mob like that with that sign, that's great. That's Savannah Hernandez, by the way. That's her name. Uh, credits where, where it's due. Awesome, awesome stuff there. Number three, I wanted to mention this. Maybe you've seen uh, the video footage. This is Philip Banks, former wide receiver, retired military, caught, caught, a, caught a baby that was tossed 30 feet out of a burning building in Phoenix. Uh, if you haven't seen it, watch the footage here. That's harrowing footage, heroic effort by uh, Mr. Banks there. And uh, the reason I'm playing this, and I've seen this all over the internet, you probably have already seen it. I, I, I think it's not being emphasized enough. If you have seen this, maybe you haven't even heard this part of the story, that the, the baby was thrown from the burning building by the mother who saved the baby's life. The mother did not make it out. She died in the fire. Uh, and she apparently died because, as I understand it, she was going. She went back into the flames to retrieve her daughter, who she didn't realize had already been rescued by a neighbor. And she, uh, you know, presumably was overcome by by smoke inhalation, and, and she died. So, yeah, it's a, a completely tragic story. But also, and 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 Banks, who caught the child, is a, is a hero in this story, and and you know he he's awesome. But the, the ultimate hero of the story, who I think we should you know, talk about honoring people, should be honored, is the mother who gave her life for her children. You know, that's, uh, that is a, a tragic yet beautiful example of motherly love. So I wanted to play that for you. Number four, Bill de Blasio was on with Wolf Blitzer yesterday when he explained, okay, so we'll go from the ultimate of courage to the ultimate of gutless cowardice. And that's uh, Bill de Blasio was, was on CNN. He explained that New York needs to go back into a full lockdown, no large gatherings of any kind, with one exception. Can you guess what the exception is? So describe large events for us. What, is, what does that mean? It means like street fairs. It means, you know, big outdoor concerts. And it means things like parades. You know, things that here in the city can mean not just thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. It's just not time for that now. What about protests? If people want to march down Fifth Avenue, are they going to be allowed to do so? Look, Wolf, this is always an area of real sensitivity. If you're just talking about health, we would always say, hey, folks, you know, stay home if you can. But we understand at this moment in history, people are talking about the need for historic changes. I mean, today in New York City, you know, recognizing the power and the meaning of the message Black Lives Matter, which we did in front of Trump Tower today, uh, this is a historic moment of change. We have to respect that, but also say to people, the, the kinds of gatherings we're used to, the, the parades, the fairs, we just can't have that while we're focusing on health right now. Not that this matters anymore, but that is just blatantly unconstitutional. That is viewpoint discrimination. You, you cannot do that. You can't tell people that they're only allowed to gather if they're expressing this or that point of view. That, that's a just quintessential violation of the Constitution. There's, there's no discussion to be had. Uh, it, it would be hard to think of a more blatant violation of the First Amendment than that. But he, they're, he's doing it anyway. And, and that's the thing. You see that we, we, we can shout and scream that something is unconstitutional. Those in power are just going to do it anyway. And that's what's happening in New York. Five, finally, here's footage out of Florida Giant stingrays are seen swimming by unsuspecting beachgoers. 
And, uh, you know, you, 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 you see that and you think, okay, well, there's the stingrays. It's a pretty big stingrays. That's cool. You know, wow, look at those. And those are big stingrays. So that's pretty cool stuff. Interesting. But then you see, wait a second, what? They buried the lead, lead there. W- what is that? Is that Hellboy? Is that, is that Satan himself swimming in the ocean? Is that some kind of mutant human tomato half-breed? No, that's a, that's a person. That's a full person with the worst sunburn of all time. That is a 33rd degree sunburn that he has. His skin has melted off his body. I don't even, that's not even his skin. That's just, that's just, that's the insides of him. He looks like he fell into a vat of V8 juice or or something. The the worst Batman villain of all time fell into a vat of V8 juice. Look at that. My God. I thought I got bad sunburns. I I burn pretty easily. This dude's not going to be able to take a hot shower until like next March sometime. My goodness. Wear your sunscreen, kids. Wear the sunscreen. I'm a hypocrite because uh, I rarely wear it myself. Because uh, I, I just enjoy the pain, I guess. Masochist, I don't know. But uh, wear your sunscreens. That's that's the that's the real message there. Now we're going to get to our daily cancellation. It's a very important one, as I will set out to finally cancel the entire country of Canada. Long overdue. Before we do that, we've been telling you about our new sponsors at BlinkSale, uh, revolutionary invoicing software that's changing the landscape for small businesses and independent contractors everywhere. You know, the quintessential American dream, of course, is owning a business, building a successful business, uh, and you know, having the opportunity, the freedom to be your own boss is, a, is an amazing thing. But as many business owners know, there are so many moving parts. It can be hard to manage everything. Even, even the things that seem small can become big hassles and can really interfere with the efficiency of your business. big part of that is invoicing. You know, if you've ever had to harass a client who owes you money or you know, you've gotten lost trying to keep track of your invoice and payments... You've been trying to deal with those. Maybe you just have some form, some Microsoft you know, uh, uh, thing that you use for your invoices. All of that can be a huge ha- hassle. That's why you need BlinkSale. Uh, with BlinkSale, you can send beautiful custom-branded invoices and estimates in seconds. You can stay on top of your outstanding invoices. You can let your customers and clients easily pay your invoices online. As an added bonus, BlinkSale is giving away $10 to 500 Daily Wire fans. Here's how you get it. Go to BlinkSale.com. Start your 14-day free trial, create your first invoice of $10, and activate an online payment option. Send the invoice to dailywire at blinksale.com, and you get paid your $10. The first 500 people to send an invoice of uh, for $10 to dailywire at blinksale will get their invoice paid by blinksale. Limit of one per person. Stop wasting time invoicing and try blinksale for free at blinksale.com slash Walsh. That's B-L-I-N-K-S-A-L-E dot com slash Walsh. Blink sale, spend less time billing and more time doing what you love. And we appreciate Blink sale, just like we appreciate all of our sponsors uh, during this, this, you know, during this time who have stuck with us and, uh, and helped keep us afloat. And, and we appreciate all of you who listen to us, you know, tell you about our sponsors. And uh, if you hear something that sounds like you need, uh, you know, we, we appreciate you supporting those sponsors and thereby supporting us. Um, let's go to our daily cancellation. As I said, canceling Canada, whole country canceled, abolished. I've had enough. I've had enough of Canada. I uh, just, and, and, and let me just say, I, I do blame the entire country of Canada and all of its inhabitants for what you're about to see here. I want to show you a message from the West Vancouver PD. This is what the West Vancouver PD is worried about. 
This is what they're working on. Okay, it says, um, here's the tweet. It says, investigators would like to speak with the driver responsible for defacing a recently installed Pride crosswalk at 16th Street and Esquimalt Avenue. If you have information, please call, and there's the phone number. And then you could, you could see the pictures of the horrific defacement, the hate crime perpetrated on the crosswalk. Crosswalk lives matter, I guess. And you see there tire tracks, tire marks, tire marks on a road, a road. Someone drove on a road, which, 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 which is a thing that, that exists to be driven on. And this is a hate crime now in Canada. Excuse me, not a hate crime, a hate gesture. That's, that's the exact phrase the Vancouver PD used. They said it's a gesture of hate. Now, um, as part of their investigation, they provide this, this chilling video footage of the driver driving on the road. Uh, look, you can see it here. There he is. You see that? Wow. There's a driver driving on the road. They actually, they actually published this video footage, and we're supposed to be horrified by this, a guy driving on a road. And look at that. It's even worse. The road is black, okay? The man is driving on a black road. And, but you notice something. This is, this is worse than we even thought. This, this is not just anti-gay discrimination. This is also a racial thing. He drives on the pride crosswalk. He drives on the black road. What isn't he driving on? Notice that. The sidewalk, which is what color? White. Is this just a coincidence that this person happens to decide, hey, I'm going to drive on the rainbow thing and then the black thing, not the white thing. That's, I think we need, this is, we need to execute, the torture and execute him. Then leave his head on a stake at the, at the entrance to the city with a sign. This is what we do to bigots in this town. Anyway, um, the local media also got in on the act to track down the hate gesturer. That video I just played was posted by a local reporter who encouraged everyone to call the police if they had any, any information. Any information, again, specifically about a person driving on a road. Uh, the Vancouver Sun had an article with this headline, West Vancouver's Pride Crosswalk Vandalized. Another local news outlet said, Tire marks tarnish new Pride Crosswalk in West Vancouver. And this isn't just happening in Vancouver, okay? I went down the Canada rabbit hole. I went down the Canada hole, which I, I, I don't recommend doing. And I discovered that this happens a lot in Canada, okay? There, there are multiple cases of this where they paint rainbows on the road and then cry when someone drives on them. Here's an article from the town of Prescott um, from the, the website ottawamatters.com. Uh, headline, Vandalism to Rainbow Crosswalk, Further Proof of Need for Pride, Prescott Mayor. It says, an act of vandalism on a rainbow crosswalk in Prescott has pride organizer Ryan Robert Northup disappointed. But he has faith the town will learn. I do think small town communities have a hard time accepting these things, he said, but I think that communities do come around. Only, only hours after the town, approximately 80 uh, kilometers south of Ottawa, repainted the rainbow crosswalk and raised the pride flag, the symbol was defaced for a second time in as many years. Why does this keep happening? I can't figure it out. I mean, it's, it, we, we keep painting stuff on the road, and the next thing you know, there are tire marks on it. I cannot. Why is this happening? Dear God, why are you doing this to us? Why us? The crosswalk was repainted at 4 p.m., and by 7 p.m., black tire marks streaked across the symbol. 
Ann Collins, spokesperson for the OPP, uh, yeah, you know me, confirmed in an email police, uh, police are investigating the incident. Matthew Markell, who grew up in Prescott but now lives in Toronto, was one of the first people to discover the act of vandalism. He said, it really makes me upset, and it really makes a lot of other people upset, that people are still willing to take time out of their day to destroy something that's supposed to be celebrating equality and celebrating pride. Prescott Mayor Brett Todd referred to the act as a hate crime and said that this is a further proof for the necessity of events like pride. Uh, and then it goes on for there. And they, they're, Now they're talking about, let me say, in terms of additional preventative measures, uh, they're talking about installing cameras around the, the, the crosswalk. So, <laughs> so this is what this is how they're spending their time in, in Canada. They are they are painting rainbows on the road, which is already dumb enough. Okay, we could stop right there. That's cancelable on its own. Painting rainbows on the road for gay pride—it's already cancelable. Uh, incredibly stupid as it is, but painting rainbows on the road and then. Across the country, it, 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 people drive over them and then they cry. And now, so now what they're going to do, rather than just like painting the rainbow somewhere else that isn't on a road, now they're going to paint the rainbow on the road and put cameras around it so they can figure out what's happening. How does this keep happening? You know, I often say that we're surrounded by lunatics, which we are. And even though I'm canceling Canada and abolishing it and evicting it from the solar system, I know that it's far too late to contain the crazy. We should have gone into a lockdown decades ago to contain the crazy, but it's too late. It's endemic. It's, uh, and I know that. But looked at another way, this isn't crazy at all, actually. It's outrageous. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's many other things. But it's not crazy, you might argue, because there's a very specific goal in mind. Doing something like putting a rainbow on the road and then accusing people of a hate crime for driving on it. What's the real point of that? If it's not literal, pure lunacy, okay, what, what would be the point? Well, I think the point is control, it's submission, it's obedience, it's conditioning. It really reminds me, and this is an analogy that I draw a lot because, uh, for good reason, I think that they're, you know, unfortunately the analogy just is often, um, often appropriate, but it reminds me of stories out of the Soviet Union, especially during the Stalin years, where there would be just these totally arbitrarily, arbitrary uh, or seemingly arbitrary rules, and you could be punished for doing things that seemed completely innocent and innocuous. And the reason for that was submission. Getting the public conditioned to the idea that they can't just do anything they want without express permission. You, know, you can't go out there and ad-lib. You can't be freestyling when you go about your daily life. You must not operate freely. You have to stick to the script always at all times. You have to have permission to do everything you do. You're constantly under surveillance. You're constantly being uh, judged. And, and, and uh, you, know, you have to conform at all times. So this is about conformity and obedience, submission, control, conditioning. That's what all this is about. Uh, so on one level, we can laugh about it and we have to laugh about it in order to remain sane ourselves. But on another level, this is actually nefarious, what they're doing. And, and Because the only other explanation, aside from nefariousness, is that these are actual, verifiable, certifiable lunatics who are mentally delusional and should be in insane asylums. 
And I, I know it's very tempting to see it that way, and, 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 I, and I talk that way sometimes uh, because it is so tempting, but I think, uh, you know, I think it's worse than that. You know, I would prefer to think that half of the world is just, is just literal lunatics than the other option, which is that this is all calculated. And I think that's more so the reality. All right, we will leave it there, I guess. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy yourselves, if possible. Talk to you next week. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. 